Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Good Vibes Podcast, January 10th, 2018. I am the Psycho Man. I'm here to continue the third and I do believe the final installment of my 20 years of music podcast uh, that's covered over the last two nights. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about uh, one of the biggest times of my life in music, which will be the time that stretches from 2009 to 2012. And that was my time with a band called Scrap Gold. What an awesome time. And anybody that was involved with that time period will tell you, not even just our band, but the bands that we played with, the people that were in the Central Ohio circuit during that time, it was a smoking hot time for rock music. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to get started on that. So let's talk about a little bit of Scrap Gold. As I was saying in the previous podcast, about 2009, I was already playing with two bands, Body Shot and Rewind. I had no real sensical reason to ever look for a third band, other than I knew I really wanted to go out and play original songs and write music, put out CDs and MP3s and stuff on iTunes and all that. But the bands I was with, nothing against them, but that's just not where we were headed. Great guys, still love them all to this day. But I was looking for something fresh. So I opened up a Craigslist ad. The very first thing I seen was a band, Scrap Gold, looking for hard rock musician that can sing, write songs, and wants to play live. They played, put out a list of songs that we were going to do. All kinds of stuff. From Van Halen to Led Zeppelin to The Who. 38 Special. Man, it was all kinds of good stuff. I was like, wow, this is really what I want to be doing. So I contacted the bass player, Gabe, who put up the post. Said, hey man, I'm interested. He said, come on out, man. We'll take a listen. I was frantic as I had a hard time finding the place. I got there about seven minutes late, which is absolutely not my style. Showed up, there was another guy in there singing. It's just singing away. I just thought, ah, maybe a friend of theirs or something. Turned out I walked in on an audition who wanted to sing a couple more songs to see if he could make the gig. He went ahead and stood to the side. I made my apologies for being late and said, yeah, I'm here. I'm still ready if you want to hear me. They said, absolutely. The guy that auditioned before me decided to take a seat and take a listen. So they said, what do you want to do? I said, well, you said you play rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. I'd like to try that. I said, okay. I said, you guys play it just like the album? They said, we sure do. I said, well, let's light it up. They started the song, and man, the sound filled the studio, as we call it, the gold mine. Man, it sounded greater than anything I'd ever heard before. And that's without any disrespect to anybody I've played with before. But there was something huge about the sound of Magical. I sang my lungs out. I sung my guts out. I sung my heart out. By the end of the song, the guy that was sitting at an audition before me and said, well, I guess it's time for me to leave, and got up and walked away. So everybody kind of shook their head in agreement, but nobody really said much. The drummer, Mikey, he said, want to do anything else? I said, sure. So we sang a couple more songs, and to be quite honest with you, I don't even remember what those ones were. But after singing three or four songs, we all kind of nodded in approval. 
I didn't get guaranteed the gig at that point, but they said, well, we'll talk about it. I got a call the next day. I said, hey, man, let's just get back together and see what happens. And we'll go from there. So, right about that time, I played my last show with Body Shot. Then I explained to the guys in Rewind that I just wasn't going to have time to do that anymore. That I'd love to do some one-offs occasionally, but nothing I could do full-time. Then, all the magic started happening. We came back to the studio. After about two or three practices, I pretty much figured I was in at that point, and we all agreed that I was. They already had two originals. One of them was complete with a different singer, and the other one, well, they had all the music down, but they didn't have any clear vocals over it. I studied and studied and studied those songs so hard. Came back the next practice, crushed them. We knew we had something then. Everybody in the band really brought some, I don't know, esoteric Superman type strength to it. I mean, I'm sure I'm blowing it up bigger than maybe what it was, but hey, it was important to me. And well, when we finally ended up playing out, I think a lot of the fans would agree. We worked really hard. We started getting ultra creative. Songs just started popping up, riffs, lyrics. Next thing we know, we had an album. We worked hard for about eight months before we even went out and played. We had a whole album road. We were kick ass, man. We could play like 30 or 40 songs. We were ready to go out and just blaze a three or four hour set with no problems. We had played it so much that we probably could have played it frontwards or backwards in any order. It didn't really matter at that point. Man, it just gets me excited now talking about it. It was absolutely one of the best times in my life. And the craziest thing is, is when I showed up, I was one of the last singers to audition. They were about ready to give up when they found me. But boy, when they did, there was no giving up now. Gold was mine. About eight or nine months went by. Man, we were just grinding and grinding. Sometimes two, three, four hour practices a week. Man, we were doing as much as we possibly could to get sharp and to get good. Because when we went out, we knew we wanted to be on top of our game. Finally landed our first gig. It's a place called Rookies. It was in Mount Vernon, Ohio. I was working a job. I was running, running this business for this guy. And I was delivering some stuff in the town and I seen this place called Rookie, so I decided to stop in. Booked us immediately. It was great. We went out, played the show. Oh, it was red hot. They asked us to come back about six weeks later. And then that was really where things started taking off. Had some friends of mine that were in this band called Seventh Cycle. They were getting really big. They just had a CD release party and everything at a big venue in Columbus, formerly known as the LC Pavilion. And I was just like, wow, that's what I want to do. I want to play on the bigger stages. I want to play in front of lots of people. I want our music to be important to others. As I sit and watch that show, my friend, other friend that was in the crowd with me looked at me and said, man, are you enjoying this or are you studying? I said, a little bit of both. I talked with them, asked them maybe we could do a show together. They said, yeah, sure, we'll let you know. I couldn't believe it. The second show we did, they asked us to play at this place called the Newport Music Hall in Columbus, Ohio, up on the campus of Ohio State University. I was blown away. I had heard of all these great bands and great artists my whole life that played there. 
some of the biggest names ever have played there. I was like, wow, I'm going to get to play there? This is unreal. We did have to sell tickets, though. They said whoever sold the most tickets got to be the band that went on right before them. There was about six or seven bands. We were the next to the last band that went on. We did really good. We sold like a hundred and some tickets. It was pretty cool. The place was not totally packed, but we had a lot of people there. Several, several hundred people that were packed in this club. We went up, we practiced hard, we got ready. We went up and did a show at a big venue for our second try. It was a huge success. People started asking for us. People started buying CDs, asking where we were playing next. Then we went on a whirlwind adventure all through 2010. We pretty much almost played a mini tour. It seemed like we were playing a show or two every weekend, all summer long. Then by the end of the summer, we were pretty wore out. We decided to take a break. I went kind of into a little bit of a sequestered state, started writing tunes. They started writing tunes. Then in 2011, we got back together, started practicing again, and wrote the tunes for our second album. Our first album was an eight song album called Holding On. The second one was called 2012. It was just dignified at the times. Thought it was pretty cool, all this end of the world crap that was going on. So we decided to go with that. We wrote about 12 songs for that. They were great. Now, none of those can be found on iTunes yet. I'm actually going to be working with those guys this summer to finally get that stuff up properly so that you can go to the Google Play Store and iTunes and pick those up if you're interested. But as for right now, you can catch a lot of that stuff on YouTube. Just look for Scrap Gold Band. You can't miss us. You'll know who it is when you see it. And also, you can check us out on Facebook. Just called Scrap Gold. I know it's kind of a shameless plug, but hey, if I'm going to talk about it, people are interested, and we still get fans to this day, then I might as well go ahead and throw it out there on the podcast. We kept grinding away, but then something really crazy happened, something that changed my life forever. I found out my son at the time, who was 12 years old, was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. They gave him a 3% chance to live. He was in bad shape. I didn't know what to do. I told the guys I needed to take a break. I had to concentrate on my family. But then something really crazy happened. During my son's cancer treatments and radiation treatments, all that stuff, he looked at me and said, why don't you play music no more? I said, well, son, I want to take care of you. I got to make sure everything's okay and I got to keep the priorities straight. He's like, but dad, what you do is you sing. I want to see you sing again. What are you going to tell a dying boy? Okay, son. You're right. We went back to work immediately. And then the greatest chapter came about. Right then and there. By this point, any spare time wasn't wasted, even if it meant I didn't sleep. Went to work hard. We finished writing songs. We went out. We started playing. Man, we were on fire. We must have played, I don't know, half a dozen Ticketmaster shows maybe. I might be a little low, a little high, but it was right around that. We were out playing the Al Rosa Villa, the Newport Music Hall. Man, we played all kinds of clubs, bars, any place we could get into. I tried to get my son in as many places as I could. He was dying after all, and well, he wanted to see his dad play, so we made that happen. And I sweet-talked a couple club owners into letting him get in and check out some of the madness. He was just in wow and amazement. 
And I was even in more wow and amazement that, you know, a kid that was not feeling well and was having a hard time even wanted to be able to come out and do something like that. But hey, it was something, it was a sacred kinship that we had, you know. But man, we played and played. All the things were just like a well-oiled machine. All the pieces were falling together. We were very fortunate, you know, got our names on Ticketmaster tickets, backstage passes. It was awesome, man. We even got published in a book. It's called A View Through the Lens, Top Rock Bands in Central Ohio. It's a book by Christopher Stetz. He's a photographer. He photographed like the Queen of England and the Clintons and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. We were real honored to get a spot in a book. I mean, how cool is that? You get a chance to get played on the radio. All that kind of stuff. Then we got to play in a battle of the bands for the Rock on the Range. We were so close. They took the top three bands. We got fourth. I wasn't that sad though. It was a good run, but man, one spot away from playing in front of 10,000 people in Columbus Crew Stadium. It's pretty exciting stuff. Now, one thing I will tell you about this time period is, sometimes we define success as different things. But believe it or not, we barely made a dime through all this stuff. No matter what, the merchandise, the albums, the gigs, we barely made any money. But I did not equate our success to money. I equated our success to a bunch of guys that really started from nowhere to go all the way to playing as close to the high end of professional that you could absolutely play, to get on the big stages, to play with national acts and stuff. It was awesome. In August of 2012, my son passed away from cancer at the age of 12. He was almost 13. He would have been 18 this year, actually less than a month ago. But the point is, we went out and we did things our way. Once my son passed away, we never really did anything after that. I was ready to get back to work after a while, and then some of the other guys in the bands, they had things going on, and unfortunately, it quietly dissolved. We never broke up officially. There's no hard feelings between any of us. We all love each other to death. It's just never quite went back together. I'd never say never though. I'd say there's always a possibility for scrap gold to return. And I can guarantee if it does, it'll probably be bigger and better than it ever has been. And a lot of people look forward to that. The funny thing is, is all these years later, five years after that, there are still people that like our Facebook page. There's still people that ask us when we're playing. There's still people that ask to hear the songs. It must have made a real impact on a regional level. A lot of people really loved it. Again, it doesn't make me better than anybody else or special, but man, it must have did a lot of things right. So I'm real hopeful that something can change at some point and we can get back together, even if it's just for a one-off. Since then, in the last five years, I haven't really done a lot out live. I did some karaoke. I do sing about three times a week in the privacy of my home to stay sharp. And then last year, I started recording covers, originals, all kinds of stuff. I've been working really hard on that for about a year and a half now. I'll have an album coming out here in the summer of 2018. It's called Lane Pyro's Divine Reinvention. Like I was telling you in a previous podcast episode, it's going to have all kinds of crazy stuff on it. Can't wait to get that out. But anyways... That's about the shortest and most abridged version as I can give of my music career. I could actually go on and talk for hours. Matter of fact, I could probably write a book about all the madness. But man, it's been 20 of the greatest years of my life. Oh, thank you.
I'd like to thank you again for joining my podcast over the last uh, 10 days that I've been doing this. You know, the last three episodes, um, you know, it might be kind of a risky thing talking about yourself and, and some of your journeys, but hey, that's what it's all about. It's about the journey. It's about the stories. It's about the examples. It's all about good vibes, man. That's why this podcast is called Good Vibes. And, you know, I'm not better than anybody else or anything like that, or nor am I special. Uh, but I do like to share stories like this with folks. There was a lot of folks that were interested, and uh, I hope that you've uh, enjoyed this story as well, over the, especially over the last three episodes, as uh, it's a story I hold very dear to my heart. I don't think I could have compacted it any more than I did. Uh, I, like I said, you know, I could go on and on and on. I could probably write a book about all my experiences with it. But I thank you so, so much for joining me on the Good Vibes Podcast. Tomorrow I'm going to be doing uh, a subject that uh, might be very helpful to everybody. So if you know anybody uh, who's looking for a job, definitely join my podcast tomorrow. I'm going to be going over um, job search. Um, Again, alongside of being a musician, I've been in business management for over 20 years. Um, I've led, directed, coached people. Um, I've also studied behavior, neuro-linguistic programming, and so forth. And I have found a nearly foolproof way to get jobs. And uh, again, there'll be a disclaimer with that, that you know, a lot of it has to do with how you apply yourself and uh, what you're willing to do. But uh, a lot of that stuff has worked for me, and it's worked for me every time, and it's worked for a lot of other people I've taught it to. So. Uh, It's going to be a real powerful podcast. You're not going to want to miss that on uh, the job search experience. So definitely join me tomorrow night. But uh, as for January 10th, 2018, thank you so much once again for listening to this podcast about my musical experience of the last 20 years. And that about wraps it up here from good old Athens County, Ohio. So Thank you so much again for listening. This has been the Good Vibes Podcast. I am the Psycho Man. I hope you have a great evening, and the Psycho Man is out.